Warning, you are about to listen to the greatest radio show ever. And due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Now live from the Devil Radio Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning, welcome to the Devil's Advocate Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. Here is your host, Mike Crute. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocate Radio Show, the Thursday happier happy hour. We're rolling into it, Tom. Want to thank our most recent guest, a fine one. I better say that, right? Uh, <laughs> thank you, hun. My wife, Liza Helen Brand, happens to be the host of the Empowered Caregiver Show. And today was Disability FC Day of Action 2023 at the Wisconsin State Capitol. And uh, my elder son becomes has become quite a little advocate himself. He's going to Edgewood College. Uh, an adapted program, trying to become a paraeducator and try to improve, you know, the environment for other kids that are in special education. And the fact that he has done really well, uh, I think he still sees and is empathetic to the limitations. Not all the kids have the same ability to communicate their, their wants and needs. And he gets that. And I think some of these, these teachers and these educators, uh, even at, what has the perception of a very good special education program like Middleton, I I think they all lose patience and understandably so. And uh, Evers is to be commended. I think Tony Evers, the Democratic governor of Wisconsin, commended for the investment he is making in caregivers. And if our physically prudent friends on the other side of the aisle, if our Republican friends look at the math This is pennies on the dollars. I mean, it's so much cheaper to take care of people in the home through family relationships, invest in keeping those people in in the role of caregiver so these people aren't institutionalized in some way, shape, or form. But anyways, thank you, Liza. Welcome, friend of the devil's advocates, former U.S. attorney, host, most importantly, of Civic Media's own Morning Cannolis, uh, Jim Santel, Great to see you last Saturday morning out at the Wisconsin Grassroots uh, Network Festival. And Jim, sorry I didn't get to call my own number and join you on your show like my wife did today to me. <laughs> hey, Jim. Uh, I, nice I was to see waiting you again, for your sir. phone call from the room down the hallway. It didn't happen. So I took some other callers who are almost as, as bright and articulate as you would have been. So um, no great loss, but a little bit of one. But uh, seriously, great fun to be there. What a wonderful group of people. Let's do that again next year, all right? I suspect we will. If they do it in person, we will certainly be there to broadcast it. That's been a partnership long-term, at least with my little radio endeavors. And Earl's been out there, and Dom's done. I don't know if Dom ever... Did you ever go out to a Wisconsin grassroots? Uh, it's been a while, but yeah, first few years. Oh, yeah, out there. 2017. It's been six years precisely. <laughs> Damn. But who's counting? And just, just the variety of things, sir. I mean, if you're interested in the environment, healthcare, 
urban issues, rural issues, Native American issues, whatever it is, they're there. And I just walked around a little bit to not, I will take part in everything, but just what a wonderful forum for, even if you're there for a couple hours, a strong commendation, recommendation to do it again. You know, what I was very surprised about was the amount of interest in what civic media is trying to build here. And Jim, I don't know if you listened in earlier, but we're giving away some Charlie Barron's tickets at this That's hour. That's what I understand, right? Uh, Charlie Barron's very funny guy. We've got a partnership with him. We play out the Cripes cast on Saturdays, a little bit later than the morning cannolis. Uh, but Charlie's coming to Madison on Monday, and he's going to Comedy on State. And I got to keep telling people, if you haven't bought your tickets yet, please do yourself a favor, buy them today. Yes. We expect they will be sold out by this evening. And the only way you'll get in then is if you win some on the Devil's Advocate Show or one of the fine shows here on Civic Media. We'll be giving them away uh, today and tomorrow. But later in the show, we'll take your calls for pair of tickets to Charlie Barron's VIP. The only way I roll, Jim, up I'm front. Very excited. <laughs> 844-967-2789. Jim, you know what's been quite disappointing, though? Where's the Trump indictment? The man promised me he's getting arrested this week. He lets me down again. Every single month, every single week, every single day, we talk about Merrick Garland Day. We talk about Joe Biden Day. And it just doesn't come. Alvin Bragg Day. And uh, still nothing this week. Um, a lot of hype over a story that didn't happen. Probably, probably the result of somebody who was picking up on some tea leaves that were inaccurate. And this thing rolled into something much bigger. My view on this has always been grand juries do things according to their own timetables. Yes, there's a statute of limitations out there, guided an awful lot by local prosecutors and in terms of their work. But the notion that we're going to predict exactly when charges are coming and we should therefore um, organize our lives around that, always kind of a fool's, fool's errand, if you will, a few fool's project to do. Well, Jim, let me tell you how I think the tea leaves should have dropped this case should not come first. I mean, too late. You missed your window of opportunity. And I understand Alvin Braggs has not been there ad nauseum. He hasn't been there since 2015, 16, whatever the actual time frame of these alleged infractions are. But Jim, I care a lot about the history. And we talk about the January 6th all the time. There were a lot of co-conspirators with the former president, I believe, criminal conspiracies going on to try and overturn the Constitution. Jim, that's what I care a lot about, be it the actions towards the elective officials in Georgia or or the greater federal probable infractions of law, criminal infractions that I expect to see coming down from the DOJ. What I care a lot less about in the whole scope of things is the, the payoff to a porn star, mm -hmm. which is defendable to some people's thought process in that the guy's more worried about his wife's leaving him, divorcing his ass, than really about this political campaign he happened to be in. And, and I could not agree with you more. I think we've shared some of our frustrations on this very broadcast about timing. How many times have we said TikTok time is going by quickly? And I look again to the organization for which I still have a great fondness, I regard this attorney general, and yes, I know my record on assessing attorneys general. <laughs> Perfect, I understand that. Even so, um, this man who should have been in the Supreme Court, frankly, nonetheless, he's brought integrity and returned a lot of good things to the Department of Justice or lacking. 
Having said that, um, it has been, as you indicated, you talk about January 6th, you know, that this conspiracy to this big lie notion, it started even before the election, uh, the last election, presidential election. It's been going on a long period of time. We can now date this for more than two years. You can work, admittedly, as, as broad as this can be. There's a lot to look at here. Um, the Department of Justice also has a lot of staff to look at this. I think it is appropriate now for people like you and me and your listeners to look at the attorney general and say, and you're not going to get an answer from him. You're not going to have him come forward and give you a specific date. Give us some sense that this is moving toward resolution. Again, we read some tea leaves indicating that Jack Smith is calling some of these folks, plainly the the um, uh, former president's attorney. That, however, about Mar-a-Lago that you were described, Mike, routinely as the paper crime, um, we, we should be increasingly concerned that time is passing. 22 months from today, it may well be that we're going to have a new new president. We don't know. And that means a new attorney general. And if you do, in fact, I know I've said this before, I'll say it again. If you indict federally the former president and other people on April 1, I moved it back already another month, right? I used to talk about March 1, April 1, um, the notion that you can uh, uh, pre-try that case, get it ready for trial, try the case, can imagine selecting a jury is going to take a month or if not more, doing all the post-conviction uh, proceedings, motions for new trial, appeals, getting all of that done in the next 22 months, um, almost impossible. And again, if that if the administration changes, you get a new attorney general, all kinds of things are then up for question, including the possibility of pardons, including the possibility of dismissing uh, continuing prosecutions. Plainly, if Joe Biden is reelected and this attorney general or another attorney general of Joe Biden's selection continues, then you've got four more years to do this, but that's very uncertain. And so I share your great concern that time is passing quickly. And if for no other reason, no other reason, the American public need to know that no one is above the law and the Department of Justice will come forth and do this do this again reasonably promptly, even at this late date. You don't have to charge Donald Trump with every last thing that he did. You identify some particular pockets of prosecution. You go with those with the understanding you're not going to satisfy everybody. And you charge those cases and you move forward as aggressively as you can to bring this man finally to justice, for whom there's been no deterrence at all uh, since, well, probably all his, in, his entire career, certainly since the time he announced his candidacy for the presidency in 2015. Folks, you're listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. That's our friend James Santel, former U.S. attorney, host of Morning Cannolis on Saturdays on the Civic Media Network. Jim, there are different pockets, right? Uh, there's different jurisdictions. And Alvin Bragg has one. You know, he's Manhattan DA. We have uh, Tis James. He's a New York uh, New York State Attorney General. Those are different pockets, different uh, 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 jurisdictions. Fawny Willis down in Fulton County. Different pocket. So, well, I, I, I get, and of course, let's not forget Jack Smith with the two. He's working on the the paperwork crimes, as Curtis says, and of course, the January 6th insurrection. Those are all independent, different little pockets doing their own little thing, man. So I, I well, with any, each one of those pockets, I certainly agree. You got to pick and choose based on the evidence in front of you, what to go after and what not to. But I, I, are you suggesting that, that there should be some greater or specific coordination between those different jurisdictions and, and, and prosecutorial bodies and people uh, to determine whether and which to, to go first? I mean, that seems like I was always taught, Jim, I think you said it, you present the case when you're ready to present the case. Absolutely. And still endorse that right now. 
I am a, a big advocate, as would anybody, a former prosecutor, current prosecutor. Um, Alvin Bragg should be doing what he needs to do, independent of what Merrick Garland and Jack Smith are doing. To your point, Dom, um, Fannie Willis should be doing, a, presumably, this is the one that I predicted before would be the first in line. She seems very close. She should be doing what she should be doing. Um, none of this has to be coordinated. If you get charges, state charges on top of federal charges, so be it. That can happen. Just means courts are doing a lot of lot of work in a lot of small periods of time. Yeah, but Alvin Bragg should go second. That's all I'm contending. <laughs> Am I right, counselor? I, I'm an advocate for January 6th being at the top of the list, yes. He's saying I'm But right. if we're not ready to go, you don't wait, right? You you don't, you don't, but again, uh timing and time we've 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 been investigating now for two years. And at some point, we can identify some pocket of prosecution to do this. Come back. More Devil's Advocates. More James Antel. You on the phones. Giving away Charlie Barron's tickets. The Devil's Advocates. Making radio great again. And we are back. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. James Santel, former U.S. attorney, sticking around. Jim, thank you for doing so. I want to get into a little bit of the details uh, on, on these multiple cases against Trump and get your yes. take. Of course, Trump was the one that, that said, I'm going to be arrested on Tuesday. Of course, he raised a bunch of money and he lied about it because it didn't happen. So whatever. But I would say uh, there are barricades like getting put up in New York. I mean, yes. these things did happen. Some reporting of uh, different you know, police agency types, security folks, you know, coordinating and talking. So there seems to be some action in, in that regard. Uh, Jim, uh, Robert Costello, who used to be, I guess, what, Cohen's attorney or something along those lines. Maybe I think it was an attorney. Um, also testified in front of the grand jury, and then Cohen apparently came back and testified again. And then they you know, took some the grand jury, didn't work on some days they were supposed to work, and delay, delay, delay. And I just wondered, is it really hard to get Weisselberg out of Rikers to get him down there? And do you think he'll have any part of it? Uh, what's your take on the delay as it seems to be right now, Jim? Right, yeah. So, so it certainly in, it seems to be that Alvin Bragg, before his grand jury, is heading towards some resolution, not only because of the barricades going up in Foley Square in Manhattan, but also because of the kind of people who are appearing uh, in front of that grand jury. Plainly, if it is about the hush money matter, um, the, uh, Michael Cohen, who is going to be a challenging witness, right? I mean, he is not, he is not going to be somebody who is without tarnish when it comes to a trial. Um, he's brought back in then presumably to talk more about why it is that these particular checks were not, in fact, simply legal fees being paid, that, that he's got to affirm that up and probably other details that this Costello fellow and others may have may have sort of indicated were not real. So I get that completely. And you do want to, and it may well be that the grand jury is even, they can ask questions. As I've often said, they're an independent court body. If they want to have a, another witness in, they can do it. And again, just the refinement of exactly what happened, because in the end, right now, that grand jury, the trier of facts for an indictment, not for not for conviction, but for an indictment, probable cause, they need to be assured in their own minds that it is where it should be. So all of this indicates to me that you're coming very close because you're going back and forth, refining more and more about a conversation. Maybe it happened here, a particular note, an email that was transmitted here, all that suggesting we're coming to an end. Uh, the the specific timing of the presentation of a of an indictment could be next week, could be down the road. That depends then 
upon the drafting of it. And note also that uh, that the the prosecutors themselves, Alan Bragg and his people, do have some responsibility to take some direction from the attorney general. Or I'm sorry, from the the uh, the grand jury about how this case should be charged. They will make recommendations. This is not a particularly easy thing. Also, under New York law, uh, depending upon if he charges at a misdemeanor, a felony level, uh, there's some stacking that needs to be done. It goes into law school issues about uh, predicate crimes. Um, so all that's got to be straightened out and also explained to the grand jury based upon their overall direction. I think we're getting there. This is getting down to the refining of that final document. Again, I would put no no money, nothing on next week or the following week. Who knows when this will happen? Jim, Trump is trying to weaponize the mob in and of itself. Is that not a crime? Is that not almost a replay of what happened, at least publicly on January 6th? It certainly does sound that way, right? That again, if you you're the First Amendment is not unconditional. Uh, we know that uh, to your point about January 6th being prosecuted, one of those packages could well be the things that he said on the ellipse that day, those infamous pictures, that video inciting people to go and commit a crime. Now, the technical language that he's used most recently is, yes, go out there and protest, but the parallels are unmistakable. And some of the language that he's using now more and more is getting very much to that 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 level as well. May not be in the criminal arena yet, uh, but uh, this kind of thing, again, at a minimum, at a minimum, highly, highly uh, incendiary and contrary to what we should be doing uh, as a nation. It'll be wild. James Santel, former U.S. attorney. I want to talk uh, briefly about the paperwork crimes, uh, the classified documents. Uh, Trump's attorney in that case, Evan Corcoran, has been ordered now to testify. He appealed, which, of course, is, is crazy, right? Crime fraud exception. He's been ordered uh, to testify and turn over notes. He appealed. Uh, the appeals court gave like like his team till midnight and then tr- and then uh, the Justice Department till like 6 a.m. They came out and said, yes, you must. W- what does the timing tell you on that? And do you think there are greater perhaps concerns about these classified documents that perhaps we're not really touching on right now? Right. As to the first part of that, it basically means the Court of Appeals know there's not a there there when it comes to the application of the crime fraud exception. They've got to go through the process. And that's why they put this in a very tight, tight schedule. Um, stay up all night file these briefs for us, and then we'll decide promptly. They're sending a very strong message that this is not a matter where we need to scratch our heads and ponder great legal issues. That The fact that they, they say, no, you need to testify. The lower court, Beryl Howell, was right about this. You've got to testify and go ahead and do that. What that means, of course, is, and it's not a small thing, that we are piercing the attorney-client privilege because we believe, the courts believe, and plainly Jack Smith believes, that they're talking about what crime and that's the basis upon which the, he can testify, testify about statements, conversations in that area, provide documents also that might wise, likewise uh, reveal something about the nature of those conversations. Um, I'm not saying he's the most uh, critical witness in all of this, but certainly when it comes to the intent of the president at this time, which is what criminal prosecution is all about, he can feed a lot of information. Interesting whether or not Corcoran himself is going to be a cooperative witness, a plenty is still on the payroll of Donald Trump, or someone who's beginning to look around and saying, gee, do I want to be on the wrong side of history about this? Um, so it'd be fascinating one day, perhaps, to see his grand jury testimony and figure out, um, is he understanding that, that he needs to be forthright about this, even if it means compromising the interests of his, of his president and continuing boss? Fascinating stuff. 
Jim, does a former president get any special legal privileges in this country? Should not. Should not. I'll quote him once again. Um, you know, the, the Mueller report, no one is above the law. Um, he is not a, a, a official right now. Um, he has subject to the same laws that you and I would be. Frankly, as I said before, if you and I were to have done these things, we would be prosecuted long before now. James Santel, former U.S. attorney. Thank you so much, my friend. Always a pleasure, my friends. Thank you, Joe. Stick around. We'll be right back. Think you know politics? Think again. Welcome to the Devil's Advocates. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show, the Thursday happier happy hour. Always happy when Jim Santel comes round, host of Morning Cannolis, former U.S. attorney, more qualified than anyone on this panel. (laughs) But we try not to uh, hold ourselves up to others' resumes. (laughs) Well, that's why we have good friends. That's why we do. Uh, Dominic, it is the 13th birthday of Obamacare. Definitely want to talk about that. But here in the state of Wisconsin, we're celebrating the 1849 abortion law. And uh, there is a little column over at the Washington Post, Jennifer Rubin, Wisconsin Supreme Court race previews 2024 abortion fight. Yeah, this one ain't going to be done with an April 4th election. But if you'd like to have yourselves or perhaps the women you love have some control over their own bodies in the state of Wisconsin, it starts with a vote for Janet Protasiewicz. Uh, Also, giving away some Charlie Barron's tickets. Charlie Barron's is doing a very special event Monday, March 27th, 7.30 p.m., Comedy on State. The event is the taping of the Cripes cast before a live audience. Alcohol served to those 18, oh, more accurately, 21 and over. Yeah, come on, Ron Johnson. 18 and over, you can be in the uh, in the, in the the comedy club. Uh, but Mike Wagner, a... Um, Professor at UW will be the subject of the Cripes cast. And my understanding is we were about half sold out within two hours of tickets going on sale at 11 o'clock this morning. Super cheap for the college kids, 10 bucks. Want lots of college kids. This is about making sure people know that there is an election April 4th. But here's Ruben's take. I'd like to start here for just a bit. We'll take your... Your hot takes for an opportunity to win free VIP tickets to Charlie Barron's on Monday right here, 844-967-2789. But Ruben writes, the election to fill the swing seat on the Wisconsin Supreme Court has already shattered spending records for a judicial race. Candidates and outside groups have spent more than $20 million in the run-up to the April 4th contest. Outside spending for right-wing candidate Daniel Kelly a staunch abortion opponent who consulted with the state party on the 2020 elector scheme, I would allege criminal 2020 false elector scheme, is outpacing spending for progressive pro-choice Judge Janet Protasiewicz by $4.2 million. There's no better example of the way in which the U.S. Supreme Court's Dobb decision overturning Roe v. Wade continues to reverberate through our politics and will, uh, will continue right through the 2024 election. As it did in Wisconsin's February primary, abortion continues to drive the money and dominate coverage of the race, given that the closely divided state Supreme Court 
could decide the fate of an 1849 law criminalizing abortion in most cases, pretty much all cases. At a debate this week, Protasiewicz said, here's her quote, my personal opinion is that should be a woman's right to make reproductive health decisions, period, she said. If my opponent is elected, I can tell you with 100% certainty that the 1849 abortion ban will stay on the books. Unconvincingly, Kelly, according to Rubin, <laughs> who worked for Wisconsin Right to Life, insisted, you don't know what I'm thinking about the abortion ban. Actually, voters have a pretty good idea. Pro-Life Wisconsin only endorses candidates who recognize the personhood of the preborn baby and hold the principled and compassionate, no exceptions, pro-life position, Wisconsin PBS reported. Uh, more quote, the Wisconsin Right to Life Political Action Committee said when it announced its backing of Kelly that it only endorses candidates who have pledged to champion pro-life values and stand with Wisconsin Right to Life's legislative strategy. Dom, it's no secret why Kelly's being coy. Polling shows that more than 60% of Wisconsin voters favor legal abortion. A Marquette University Law School poll in September found that 90% support abortion access in some cases of rape or incest, including more than 80% of Republicans. Protosiewicz's uh, Pro pro-choice stance is widely credited with driving turnout in the primary and giving her wins in parts of the state that don't ordinarily vote for progressives. But they Curdy, should. one ad for Protosiewicz features a young woman learning her baby would have severe abnormalities captures the emotion driving the race. Republicans read the polls, too. They're rightly concerned. Some Republican lawmakers introduced a bill to allow a rape and incest exception to the near-absolute abortion ban, a retreat from the previous support for the original 1849 prohibition. But even that is too much for Republican leaders who vow not to bring the bill to the floor. Moreover, some of the very groups backing Kelly oppose the bill. Pro-Life Wisconsin also opposes a separate measure to allow over-the-counter birth control. Birth control! Democratic State Party Chairman Ben Wickler ridiculed the effort as a publicity stunt in a recent public comment. However, he failed. However, the failed legislative effort may well rebound to pro Sawitz's benefit as it reminds voters just how out of step Kelly's abortion stance really is. That a single off-year state Supreme Court election has driven so much money and attention to Wisconsin gives us a hint of what to expect in 2024 when Democratic candidates from president to city council lean into the abortion issue. Protosawis tells me, quote, I've heard from people in every corner of the state who are concerned about Wisconsin's extreme criminal abortion ban from 1849. She added that she's hearing from Wisconsin voters that women across the state shouldn't be told what to do with our bodies, especially by extremists like Dan Kelly. Moreover, by 2024, perhaps even before the April 4 election, a federal judge in Texas may have triggered another Dobbs-sized backlash by taking it upon himself to reverse Federal Drug Administration approval of a safe and effective drug for both uh, used both for abortions and miscarriages. The specter of judges and lawmakers rifling through women's medicine cabinets would petrify many voters, underscoring the forced birth crowd's ambition to take away women's reproductive autonomy. Oh, I love it when other people say forced birth. Good job, Jennifer Rubin. Uh, she concludes, 
and that in turn should give Republicans at all level pause. They would do well to watch the growing evidence that Dobbs is the strongest, most effective issue to come along in decades for Democrats, with mega presidential contenders, House members, and senators vying with one another to sound the most devoted to a nationwide ban on abortion. The 2024 election may well come down to a referendum on whether women or politicians get to control women's bodies. Jennifer Rubin writing at the Washington Post. In the state of Wisconsin, we get to go first. 844. 877-2789. Our pal Charlie Barron's coming to Madison on Monday, giving away some free tickets, a pair, VIP seats. Between now and the end of this big show, let's start with Andrew and Waukesha. Andrew, I understand you want some tickets. You better have a hot take, man. Hey, Andrew. I do have a hot take. I don't know if you're going to appreciate it, but I tell you what, when you talk about women having control over a woman's body, I wonder how many of your your audience members know that there's only one man on the Supreme Court. There is not some kind of patriarchy telling women how to control their body. There's six women on the Supreme Court right now. Now, they don't all agree, but the idea that men are just telling women what to do with their body is a false way of thinking about But, Andrew, if, if and- it's women that give women control over someone else's body, is that any better? I mean... Who's claiming it's about patriarchy? It's about the lack of autonomy over their own body. I don't care if it's a man or a woman taking away my rights. The rights have been taken away. I have heard somebody personally tell me they voted for Janet Protasiewicz because they don't like the idea of a man telling a woman what to do with her body. By that logic... Men have no place in this society whatsoever. Well, Andrew, if I may, uh, come on. This this law was passed in 1849. How many women voted for it? I tell you what, man. Dan Kelly is the kind the of answer, guy, Andrew, the answer is zero feature. because women didn't have the right to vote. So, so the GOP and Dan Kelly, because he is a man in this case, Andrew, uh, Dan Kelly, he's the one you know supporting this 1849 bill. As Protestant says, if Dan Kelly gets elected, we'll still have this 1849 bill. Uh, alleged, uh, abortion ban that women didn't even get the chance to vote on. They had no input. So while I, I get it, generally speaking, yes, your great point. There are you know the fascistic women on the court that don't want other women and presumably want to give up that right for themselves uh, as well. But this is a a legacy patriarchal uh, uh, effect law from 1849. Women didn't get a chance to vote. But thanks for the call, Andrew. The death of RBG and the replacement with Amy Coney Barrett effectively precipitated the Dobbs decision. Doesn't have to be men taking away the rights. I guess that would be the only point. Andrew, you're in consideration, but I think we can do better. 844-967-2789. Giving away some free VIP Charlie Barron's tickets. Madison for Monday night. You got to attend. We'll get you up close and personal. Wanda, Wanda, welcome to the party. What do you got for us? Hi, Wanda. I was just going to say that if they do want to keep that abortion ban in in place, that what they should do is, let's say I'm not married and I am single and somebody gets me pregnant, can I sue them to pay all my medical bills? Can I sue them for the pain and suffering? Um, You know, would that be something that could be possible? Well, not just yours, but also the the future child through... High school and college at minimum, right? Yep. Wanda, where do you... I haven't heard anybody talk about that yet. 
Wanda, where are you calling from? I can't quite understand what's been typed in here. Where are you calling from? Where are you listening today? Steuben. Where is that? Wisconsin. It's a small town. What's close to it? What's the next bigger town up the road? So I got some. Give um, me a direction Prairie at least. Shane. I'm sorry, what's that? Prairie to Shane. Oh, okay. Prairie to Shane. Excellent. Well, Wanda, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you are also in consideration for a pair of Charlie Barron's tickets. We'll let someone know if they won between here and the end of the show. 844-967-2789. Our pal, Dick, patiently pacing the garage. How you doing, Dick? Hi, Dick. I am. Guys, I, I, earlier when you had James on, he's just fantastic. But I've asked him, and I still maintain this, that if... Merrick Garland would have turned this thing over to this Jack Smith about a year and a half ago. We'd be far further along. Well, a year and a half like, further along, one must suspect. Yes. I mean, seriously. I mean, you look at how he's approached this as opposed to Garland, and there's no comparison. He's a pit bull. He's after the guy. And Garland just wants to talk about this, that, and the other thing and other things. But you understand, Dick. Department. I know I'm interrupting you, but you understand, ultimately, even with the recommendation of charges coming from the special counselor, Jack Smith, you know whose call it will be? It's back to Merrick Garland's court. He's the attorney general. He will decide whether or not there's charges. Right. But I honestly think that if given all the facts from Jack Smith, I think he'll he'll do it, Garland, but... (laughs) I just wish that this would have been expedited a lot faster than it has been. Yeah, me and you and Veruca, <laughs> so we all man. feel that way. 844-967-2789. Don't forget, giving away some Charlie Barron's tickets. Looking for a hot take. Arbitrary criterion will let you know you won between now and the end of the show. Let's start with Totter Billy over on the north side of Madison. Well, welcome, Totter Billy. Hey, Totter Billy. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Awesome. Fair to Midland, man. Beats working for a living. <laughs> well, here's here's my slightly hot take: is uh, um, that uh, Social Security get, uh, getting rid of Social Security or or decreasing benefits is not a, a seniors issue. Heck, the seniors at least they've gotten some of their money out of it so far. Uh, the rest of us, we've paid it all in, but we ain't gotten a, ain't gotten a dime yet. So this, this is a, uh, an issue for us uh, younger folks. We've been paying in for long enough, and we haven't gotten a dime yet. So darn right it's an issue for us. Totter Billy, that's a lukewarm take. <laughs> but you're right. You can work a little longer. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Come back with us, Devils Advocates, taking your hot takes, giving away a pair of Charlie Barron's tickets, a special get-out-the-vote event Monday at the Comedy on State. Running short on tickets, buy yours now if you want to be assured of being in the show. Kicking ass and taking names since the Wisconsin Uprising. The Devil's Advocates. 
And we're back. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show, taking your calls, giving away some tickets for hot takes at Charlie Barron's next Monday, 844-967-2789. Let's keep going. Dana from La Crosse, Wisconsin. You're up. Hey, Dana, what's happening? Hey, Dana. How are you, brother? Hey, happy Friday Eve, fellas. How yeah. are, you? are you hoping to be Charlie Barron's tickets eligible? Would you come down for the show or would work it in the way? I, I I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be able to make it. No. So, uh, but uh, I do have an idea here. Yes, sir. Um, uh, you know how uh, lately all the Republicans I've been seeing uh, on TV in defense of Trump—they're all just very profusely sweating. I mean, very wet foreheads <laughs> and uh, flop sweat. Some and, call uh, that Dana. Yes. Yes. And I kind of thought of a new hashtag or a bumper sticker. Uh, hashtag uh, Trump makes Kevin moist. <laughs> he's damn, he's damn near oh. menopausal these days, is he not? Uh, I think the word moist is not allowed on a bumper sticker or on the radio. <laughs> you could you could give my tickets to the next caller. Thank you guys. Have a great day. I'm sorry, Thanks, Dina. Dana. <laughs> moist is a disqualifying word. <laughs> 844-967-2789. Got some hot tickets for a hot take. Charlie Barron's Monday night comedy on state. If you want to go, you better get some tickets. We are two-thirds sold through, and they went on sale a little earlier today. So that will be a sellout, but you can get tickets for free right here on the Devil's Advocates. Rico from Rock County. Against my better judgment, man, you better have a hot take. Hey, Rico. <laughs> Yeah, I was just wanted to respond to dude that called earlier. You know, uh, it, it's not about whether it's seven women or seven men on that Supreme Court. It's about taking away our freedoms. That's all there is to it. Bottom of the line, doesn't matter. And as long as we're going to make a man and woman issue out of it, let me tell you the other perspective we're not getting here. If you make every woman in Wisconsin have them babies, I guarantee you there will be a man behind each one of them paying 17 to 31% of his income for the next 18 to 22 years. Think about that. <laughs> Rico, what are you doing Monday night? Do you want to be considered for some Charlie Barron's tickets? Wait, yeah, you could talk me into that. I wasn't planning on it, but I could probably make time for the devils. Well, but we'll, just, we'll, we'll see how the bucket. segment goes, Rico. Fair. Go ahead. I want to be fair. Put me in the bucket. Just put me in the bucket. I want to be fair. You got to draw me out. <laughs> 844-967-2789. Just a few minutes left. To call us. Give us a hot take and win some free VIP tickets. Charlie Barron's Monday Night Comedy on State. I will be there. That will make it worthwhile in and of itself, Tom. Steven totally. from Green Bay. Welcome, sir. What do you got for us? Hey guys, uh, Crudy. Uh, yes, sir. You rock that quite well. I might, I must say so myself. Um, and just so you know that I'm not a creeper um, that's staring through your window. Um, I was watching you on your YouTube live stream. That's how I know you're wearing plaid. So I just want to uh, put that out there so you don't. <laughs> it's not flannel though. Um, just for the record, Stephen. It's you know, it's your cotton poly blend or something. I Todd Alba wore. Flannel the other day, and he was going to give me fashion advice. 
Oh, okay. Um, I actually just, I wanted to bring up a news story that I found today um, in the Brown County, since that's where I live. Um, and it's, uh, it's relatively new. Uh, Eric Genrich, who is our current mayor and who is running for mayor, uh, re-election in Green Bay, um, received a, a death notice uh, to his whole family in the mail today. And I want to bring this to people's attention because um, we are getting to a point in this country where apparently running for political office is a dangerous thing to do. And um, it's, it's grossly disgusting that we've gotten to this point. Um, you can disagree with somebody, um, but threatening their family or, or to harm their family is, uh, is just a completely uh, another situation in Stephen, itself. wasn't so, um, cameras and security at the city county building or the city building in Green Bay, wasn't that necessitated? And now I understand that the conservatives are suing to have the cameras removed. Do I get that part right, Stephen? Um, yeah, you did. Um, and I, I am actually uh, a pretty... A political person. I'm keeping close tabs on that story as well as I was at their only debate they had in Green Bay. Um, and I was there uh, live in person. Actually, uh, Christina Shelton and her husband sat right behind me. Um, and the Republicans that are uh, suing um, in that case are actually big donors to his opponent. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, that's um, always shocking, isn't I it? I, I watched the Common Council on it, and you can tell if you watch any of the Common Council. It's a witch hunt. It's 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 a political witch hunt in an election cycle is what it is. Um, if it wasn't for the fact he was going up for re-election, this would not never even been talked about. Well, it's too bad Gableman's not around to threaten to imprison the mayor <laughs> of Green Bay for not answering a subpoena of questionable validity. Well, perhaps, and thank you for the call, Stephen, uh, the mayor of Green Bay should, you know, pull a Trump. I'll just throw this one out there uh, the last few Trump minutes. Trump actually owes Green Bay like thirty grand in back security costs. If Eric Gingrich owed the city like thirty grand, I think you'd have a hard time winning re-election as the mayor of Green so. Bay. I would think so, and I don't think that is the only city municipality that Donald Trump's campaign owes money to. Uh, but here today, The Hill reported Trump uh, – called for the removal of every enforcement official currently leading investigations against him. Uh, here is what he said, quote, <clears throat> District Attorney Bragg is a danger to our country and should be removed immediately, along with radical lunatic bomb thrower Jack Smith, who is harassing and intimidating innocent people at levels not seen before. Get Trump Letitia James, the worst attorney general in the United States, and Atlanta DA Fonnie Willis, who is trying to make the perfect phone calls into a plot to destroy America, but reigns over the most violent scene in America and does nothing about it. So if the mayor would just call for the removal of any sort of investigative people, investigative bodies, you know, that, that's how the Republicans do it now. Okay. Well, we're out of callers. Show's nearing an end. We promised to give away two free VIP tickets to Charlie Behrens. He's going to be at Comedy on State Monday night, live taping his Cripes cast. And it will play out here in Wisconsin, across the Civic Media Network, the final weekend before Tuesday, April 4th. Most important election in the springtime in your lifetime. So anyways, we'd like to see you, A, go vote for Janet Protosiewicz, B, 
buy your tickets for the Charlie Barron show because it will be a sellout by tomorrow. And if your name is Todd or Billy from the north side, give our boy Ebone a call. And for arbitrary criterion, I have awarded you the hottest take. And if you want to hear the hottest take on the radio tonight, stick around for Raised in the Wisco with Joel Clayfish and his special guest, Ted Nugent. <laughs>